0: Broadcasting from the Young Ideas Studios at Guest and Gray, this is KFNY True Texas Radio. Good morning. Welcome to Dig Deep with Stephen Carroll here on True Texas Radio. So thankful that you joined in this morning live with us. I know we've been off a couple of weeks and uh, played some message we did earlier in the year. But uh, thank you for uh, joining in this morning and excited about the opportunity to be back on live. Looking forward to how we're going to continue to build this uh, opportunity and this ministry. So we're thankful that you've joined in here with us this morning at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. And so uh, we are excited about that. hope you have spent spring break here for us here in, in Forney, Texas. And so hope that if you uh, have kids and you've had a spring break, that you had a good time and uh, a good, uh, good restful moment, a few moments with your kids. I know that we did. We uh, were able to reconnect with some people that uh, we have known for, oh, man, over 20 years. Uh, They're in, uh, in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Had some great communication with them and talk about ministry and life. And, man, it was good. And then we were able, our blessed family was blessed to be able to spend a few days in the mountains and just to just experience God's goodness. I don't know if you ever, ever had a chance to be in Colorado, but what an incredible place that it is. And we had a blast together as a family. My son, Dawson, came in. From college, and my other son Brayden was in was in for college, and um, we were able to just uh, go off with other two kids, four kids, my wife Donna, and man, we had a blast. So, uh, but so glad to be back on live. Looking forward to what this ministry continues to grow and build, and would love to hear from you, and love to uh, have a just to have some perspective on how this has impacted you, and how you are being am- impacted. So, if you would, you can always go to uh, TrueTexasRadio.com. And you can see our little link there on Dig Deep that's on the front page. And you can click it. It takes you to my Facebook page. Would love for you to uh, like that and join in with me and on, uh, on different things we're doing and experiencing. And, and as always, make sure you download the True Texas Radio app if you don't have that. Easy way to listen each week and uh, be involved with not only Dig Deep, but the different things that, that Mr. Will has going on with True Texas Radio. Great opportunities for you to hear some great music and great things going on that he's got. Uh, here at his radio station, so we're thankful for him, and for his family, and for this ministry. We'd love for you to be a part of it. We'll tell you more about that as we go to the end. Some ways that you can be a part of what we're doing and support what we're doing here at True Texas Radio and um, our ministry through We Dig It as well. So again, glad to be back on here live. You know, we've been talking about the series of uh, um, the power of fellowship and community, and so as I said earlier, <clears throat> we kind of re uh, had a couple of messages we redid as I was. Away for a couple weeks, but want to we reengage. We're going to kind of close this series out over the next two weeks. Uh, today, we're going to be talking uh, just about this idea of, of how, as, as believers and individuals, you know, as how do you communicate uh, your faith in an effective way, and what is what does faith look like? You know, what is it? What is it? What is it? What does your faith look like to you? And so, I had some as I as I uh, got started this morning. I just want to kind of tell you something interesting that happened to me. Um, <clears throat> I had everything built and everything ready and prepared uh, for this morning and uh, as I went to open up my computer this morning and print off my notes and get my powerpoint up so I could just work off my computer the way that I do um, my computer wouldn't start and so I got this black screen and made some sounds going on and and Will here at True Texas used to work with computers computer technician for many years and he said it doesn't sound good but isn't it funny how that in life and, and things that you really feel like that uh, you, you believe that something that maybe God wants you to do or maybe you feel compelled to do, that there are obstacles that come in your way all the time. And, and as those obstacles appear in your way, you're gonna do one of two things. You're gonna just kind of quit or keep pressing on. And, and maybe even as you press on, you experience more and more obstacles in the way. I wanna tell you something that this series that we've been doing on the power of fellowship and community and, and learning to love God most uh, and, and as you learn to love God most, then loving those closest to you, be it your wife and your children or your husband and your children or however that, uh, wherever you are in life, you know, that's something that the enemy uh, that doesn't want to happen. And, and so, look, I don't look for the devil under every rock. I don't believe that, you know, we make our own choices, we make decisions. But I do believe that as we are trying to do something that that that's something maybe that God wants us to do, or that is a positive thing in your life, that there will be a natural set of obstacles that get in the way. Because anything great, and and Will could tell you this about his radio station, I could tell you this about six and a half years of of walking by faith in our ministry, that whenever you're moving towards something that is your purpose, your call, what you were designed for, that Ephesians 2.10 mentality, that you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good things, right, that he has ordained for you. We've talked about that over the past few weeks. You have a purpose, right? Now, say that to yourself. I have a purpose. Look at, if you're sitting beside someone, tell them, look, you have a purpose. And that purpose, I believe with all my heart, was designed for you by God. And that we as individuals have the opportunity to re-engage with that purpose through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And as I think about the power of fellowship and community, learning to love God most, Learning to recognize that he is the one that is the source of everything that we need. There is a, there is a disconnect so often in life. And this week as we were traveling and we were um, you know, going different places, we had son, tons of communication uh, with our family just about different mentalities and different ideas. My son Dawson and uh, my other son Braden are both in, in college and are great thinkers. And as Dawson and I were talking a lot and his mom and I were sharing together, uh, he was talking about, he works at a coffee shop in Austin, Texas, and he's encountered some interesting people. And growing up in church, as we, as we, we talk about what is it that is an obstacle with people with between, between God and us, because like this morning, my computer didn't start and, and I, I couldn't get to my notes and it was frustrating. and I've spent 30, 45 minutes and man, I did. And, and at some point you had to just stop and I had to stop and say, okay, look, I've got to, I've got to just regroup. I've got to start over i've got to get this i've got to go on in the air in 30 minutes and, and in life it's the same way we have to come to a place where we make a decision we make a choice and we can never we can either allow our circumstances and and what's happened to us and all these obstacles in life to impact our view of who god is our view of what we feel called to do our view of how we're going to move forward in that call maybe you're listening this morning and and, and, man, you've had obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. And you're thinking, you know what? If there is a God, then where is he? Why are these ha- things happening to me? You know, can I tell you something? One of the greatest moments of my life was when I realized that I don't have all the answers. Now, I, like, I have to remind myself of that. I'll be honest. I don't. I don't have all the answers. Neither do you. And, and there are things that I cannot explain. But there's a word that we have to all come to. There's a word that we all have to to recognize as being an important word in our life, and that word is faith. We have to believe in something. Now, there are all types of people out there, all types of people, all types of beliefs. Um, That's what Dawson and I talked about as we were sharing about uh, people that he comes in contact with in the coffee shop, and and people's view of this when it comes to to church and and how we look at other people, what we teach people in church so often, uh, what our motive is, what we what we want people to understand, what we want people to know about God. And so that's why what we're talking about and what we're sharing, I believe is so powerful because that all begins with us individually. Individually, we have to come to a place where we accept the truth about our own lives. We have to accept the truth about our own choices. We have to face the reality of what we've done and what we haven't done. As I came in earlier, Will and I were talking and he said, you know, about being... Prepared and and being on top of things and and by nature, uh, there are things in my life that I I have flown by the seat of my pants many times in life. In fact, one year I was at a I was working at a church and and my um the guy that did my review for the year he sat down with me. His name was Kirk Greenstreet, still is Kirk Greenstreet, and um, he lives in Colorado actually. And he sat down with me and he said, Stephen. He said, Listen, you know what? I, as we think about how you live and how you do ministry, you're you're probably one of the the best that I've ever seen, that just that just fly by the seat of your pants, that you're able to respond and react to pressure situations. Well, it's almost like you thrive in it. He said, but something you have to be careful of is that you could be speaking and talking about something, and 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 maybe it, it would sound like you know exactly what you're talking about, but but sometimes I'm not sure that you're totally prepared. Sometimes I'm not sure that you're you're totally being honest. He said that's something we need to be working on. Now, let me tell you something. When he said that to me, and, and, and another and as we think about this, that's what our spouses do as well. That's what our, our maybe our parents do and, and and friends and mentors, they speak truth into our life. When when Kirk said that to me, you know, my first impulse was to be defensive. My first impulse was to justify myself. That's where we as individuals have to come to a place of, of honesty. A place that's that's authentic with our own life. How long do we go through life? And can I tell you, I know that some of you listening today have been through things and experienced things that are beyond anything I could ever imagine. I know that you have got questions, maybe about a death that's happened in your family or or maybe a sickness or an illness that has happened in your own life or someone else's life that you know of. Maybe you're at the place in your life where you think, you know what, enough is enough. And I'll tell you something, we've all been there. I'm there now on many ac- accounts. But the problem is, and the, the the struggle and the the barrier is this, is that as we face those those obstacles, as we face those difficulties, that's what has caused so many people to lose sight of who God is. In fact, many have said, you know what? I, I just don't I don't even want to believe in God anymore. Maybe some have said, I'm not even sure God exists. And those are all good questions. But as we were talking this week. And thinking about this whole idea, you know, that's what's so beautiful about the topic that we've been talking about in life uh, over the past few weeks. The power of fellowship and community is that we as individuals and we as myself as a believer, I'm a believer. I believe in in Jesus and I believe that through him that I can have a relationship with God. I I believe with all my heart that there are things in my life that there's no way I could have made it through those moments without God. There's no way I could have made it through the situations that i faced and that I'm facing now without God. There, there's no way I can make it through this morning and through this communication that I'm having with you with, without my faith in God. But so often, individually, those decisions that we try to make and that we're attempting to make are impacted by what's happened to us, by what's happening to us. And at some point in our life, we have to make a decision and a choice. And this morning, I believe as believers, as, as an individual, I've made that choice. And then that choice that I have in my relationship with God, then the first place that I should implement that is, is with my wife and with my children. It's the greatest ministry that I will ever have. The greatest youth ministry that I'll ever experience is not the, the hundreds of, or thousands of kids that I've worked with over the past 25 years. It's those four kids, Braden Carroll and, and Dawson Carroll, and Jordan Carroll and Megan Carroll, those four children that that I've spent every day with. How have I ministered to them? Have I run off and, and, and have have I done Bible studies with, with all these other kids, but yet not done it with my own children? How often have we been so busy to get out into the community, but we missed the greatest source of community that we were meant to have, which was that in our home with our wife, with our husbands, with our children, with our parents. You see, this is what I want us to understand. This is what's been missed. Is so often we are looking outside for answers. When what God wants you to realize is, listen, I want to have a relationship with you individually. Do we need others to help us? Absolutely. Is it good to have community groups? Absolutely. Is it good to have accountability? Absolutely. mean, I've been sharing that for weeks, but I want you to see this morning, is that when you first understand that individually and you make that a choice. Look, I do believe in God. I don't understand why these things have happened. But I do, th- I do believe that, that there's no way I can make it because I'm not making it now on my own. I need help. I need help. I need to believe. And when you make that decision individually, not based upon anything that's happened, not based upon what anybody's done to you, then that makes all the difference in the world. Listen, I grew up in church. My dad was a, was a Baptist pastor. From the, from the time I was born, I was born into a, a family that that made God a priority in their life. A family that taught me um, who Jesus was, what Jesus was all about. And and I made the decision, look, as, as an eight-year-old boy, I realized and recognized, look, I need Jesus in my life. And I made that decision. And I said, I want you to be a part of my life. I begin my journey with the Lord at that moment. And I grew up and. And as I was growing up in church and and situations, look, it was not all perfect. In fact, it was difficult at times. Church is not something that is a perfect place. Church is comprised of people. And people, listen, none of us are perfect. Not any of us. And because of that, it's flawed. There's going to be things that happen. Look, I've been wounded by church. I'm sure I have caused wounds within churches. I know that there are situations in leadership that I've failed in. But what I want you to see this morning is that as we move forward in our journey, I can't blame anybody else for any of my decisions. I can't blame anybody else for things that I've chosen to do individually. Now, have things happened to me that that caused me to, to, to be view, skewed in my view of things? Absolutely, yes, it has. It's always, I know it has with you. But what I want you to see this morning is that as I grew up in those small Baptist churches, as I went through the situation where my dad and mom were divorced when I was 15 years old. As I battled through all these consequences and feeling abandoned when my dad left and having to work through things with him, having to work through things with my mom, that that took time, it took effort, it took choice. I'm not perfect, I told you that. But what I'm learning and understanding is that I need community in my life and the best source of community that I have is my relationship with God. My relationship with Jesus and how I can have a communication with him. Studying how he lived life. Studying what God did and how God did it. Trying to understand who God is. This week, as I've struggled with worry and doubt and fear, reading about what God says about worry. Reading about what Paul talked about in his different books that he wrote in the Bible. Reading verses. They've, they've helped me. So, so do you see where I'm going with this? I individually have to make that decision now then I share that decision with those that I love most and we communicate and talk about it I wouldn't have known who God was if it wouldn't have been for my mom and dad it wasn't church that showed me who God was it was my mom and dad who showed me who God was who he is I didn't I didn't make my decision to believe in Jesus in a church I made my decision to believe in Jesus in my home in my home one night in my mom and dad's bedroom, I went in and said, look, I, I have some questions. They talked to me about those questions and I made that decision there in the home. Do you see? That's where it all begins. Then we move out with that story, with our imperfection, with our flawed lives. We move out into our neighborhood, into our community. We, we engage with other people in life And we take with us our story. We take with us our struggles. We take with us our issues, our difficulties. And then we go into life and we begin to have communication with other people. And listen, they're not going to believe like we believe. They may have, we, we don't know what they've gone through. We don't know what they've experienced, but it's our responsibility as believers to take with us our flawed, imperfective lives and then share the hope and the joy that we have with others, and we don't go into those relationships with the idea that they should think like we do. We don't go into those relationships with the idea that they should be like we are. We don't. We shouldn't expect them to change all of a sudden and and be just like we are and believe as we believe. We we should understand that they are on a journey too. You see, the the, the power of fellowship and community is that when we as as individuals. And if you're listening to me this morning, and maybe you're at that place where, you know, Stephen, I just don't know if I believe in God. I'm not sure what I believe. It's my responsibility to love you in that moment where you are. Say, look, I understand that. But let me just share what I've learned. Look, I know how you feel. I felt the same way at times. But let me share what I found out. As believers, as individuals, it's our responsibility to walk into life and to walk into people's lives to love them just yesterday um, my son is on a seven on seven football team and we were at a tournament here uh, in dallas on the other side of dallas in bedford and and i was walking up and down the sidelines and i was videoing the plays and and i'm very blessed to be the chaplain to this football team and it's a group of, of incredibly talented kids and it's an organization called true buzz and these these guys these individuals have taken the a lot of these guys are uh, maybe don't have a father involved in their lives or they may not have different things that they're engaged with. And so they have stepped in and they have filled the gap. And it's, a, it's an incredible organization. But as I'm standing on the sidelines, there's this theres this gentleman there and he's with an organization called Under the Radar Recruiting. And um, and we begin to talk and have a communication, have a, have a chat. And we're just talking about the game and about life. And and, and we start talking and he makes the comment. He said, yeah, I'm blessed. And I said, man, I am too. And we started having a conversation about faith and about God. And it and, and just... Engaging, And then he started telling me his story, and it was incredible. He, he grew up uh, um, as, a, as a Muslim, with the Muslim belief and the Muslim faith. And and as he grew up in that home, he, he found his way to SAU, which is Southern Arkansas University in Magnolia, Arkansas, which is 30 minutes from where I grew up. And I was like, I grew up in Spring Hill, Louisiana. I know right where that is. Community, fellowship. I didn't enter into that conversation when he said I grew up Muslim. I didn't automatically think anything negative about him. I didn't think anything derogatory about him. I just was having a conversation. Do you see where I'm going? You see, so often in life, we we enter into community and into relationship with people with the mentality that says that you should be like us. Well, they're not. They're not going to be like us. They're not like us. We have to enter that conversation with a different viewpoint. He began to share a story. His name is Ali. And he said, you know, I went to Southern Arkansas University and had some issues and some struggles and my meal card got shut off. And so I couldn't eat on campus anymore. And so I had to begin to find ways. And, and so I did by going to different Christian organizations around campus that, that fed lunch. And they all fed lunch on different days. And so I would go to the Baptist Student Union one day. I'd go to the Lutheran Student Union one day. I went to the Methodist Student Union one day. And every day I would go. And the, the idea was I could eat, but I had to stay there and listen to the message. And... He said, God began to use that to show me who he was. This guy had all kinds of things that he had gone through in his life and all kinds of issues and all kinds of struggles. But he said, God began to plant seeds in just those opportunities. Just through community that was offered on campus by an organization. And they loved him where he was. Just share with him faith. And slowly but surely, over time, he began to understand who God was. And then a relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, a group of friends of his that he grew up with in Inglewood, California, have started this organization called Under the Radar. And their whole mission, their whole purpose, is to help young men find exposure, be exposed to different colleges, to gain scholarships. Kids that may not be noticed, they may not be the five star players or the four star players, but kids that are literally under the radar that could be great opportunities for colleges to have. It's a ministry. And, man, we talked and had a community and fellowship. And, listen, if when he just said, I grew up Muslim, if I began to have a predisposed idea of what I thought that was, then I missed that whole conversation. I missed that whole testimony. You see, that's the whole purpose of what we believe. My wife Donna and I believe that God has called us to do. We have been called to love God most then to love our family to encourage our family, to grow in our family. Can I tell you that, as I said earlier, when we are in community with our family, that is one of the most difficult places because they know us better than anybody. They know everything about us. My wife, Donna, is is my greatest source of encouragement, my greatest source of challenge. Why? Because she knows me better than anybody. That's why marriages fail. That's why... difficulties happen because in that relationship that we have at home that's where we're challenged that's where the rough edges that's where sanctification occurs as god forms us into his image then the idea is that as we grow together then we move out into the community we connect with other people and we realize that they don't believe that we believe they're not like us they may not have the same philosophy that we have they may be bitter. They may be angry. They may be going through all kinds of different things, but so have you. And so have I. You see, it's our purpose to take that relationship into the world. There are all kinds of people. When in Colorado, we ran into all types of different people. People that believe all different types of things. You know, they've made marijuana legal in, 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 in Colorado and and all kinds of different beliefs about that. And, and so often we stand on ground and we fight ground. It doesn't matter. You see, we get focused on the things rather than the people. We get focused on the philosophy, rather than the heart, people's lives. If I go into a conversation and think, well, you smoke weed, well that's horrible. You know, you're a bad person. No, no it's not, no. They're an individual created in the image of God, on a journey, and it's my responsibility to have a relationship with them, to engage with them. I love the fact that, that my sons, we have conversations all the time in our home, about approval and about faith and about what we believe I'm okay with my my sons being on a journey with their faith understanding and developing into who God wants them to be but what I love about having conversation with my sons is they they both love mu- music and and they both have introduced me to incredible songs and and there's a group called the 1975 and and they have a song called if I believe and I absolutely love this song and and if you as you listen if you want to Google the lyrics or look for the lyrics. It's called If I Believe by the 1975. And I want us to listen to the song and I want us to talk about it because today we're going to be talking about how Jesus engaged with people that a lot of times religious or quote-unquote churchy people didn't want him to engage with. And today we're going to look at a guy named Zacchaeus. And you've all heard the story, probably, or maybe you've heard the name. And maybe you haven't. Maybe today will be the first time that you would ever hear it. But what was great about this story, what was great about this encounter, was that... The encounter that Jesus had with Zacchaeus was an encounter that a lot of the people that were religious didn't believe he should have had. In fact, they said, I can't believe he's going to the house of a sinner. Can I tell you that this song that I'm going to play for you is a result of that mentality that we have. People are running from church people. People are running. Because why? Because we're not loving them where they are. We're not giving them the same opportunity that we were given. And so I want you to listen to this song. We're going to talk about it in just a few minutes. It's called If I Believe by the 1975. Really good. I love this song and here in a few minutes there as it closes out it begins to say um if i'm lost then how can i find myself you know how can i find myself and this whole song i absolutely love the song and, and i love the words of the song and there's a couple things that he says that, that i want you to catch on and, and that he that he sings and the first part is he says i've got a god-shaped hole that's infected and i'm petrified of being alone now i'm pathetic i know and here's the thing that I want you to see is that this is the idea that, that I want you to recognize is that the reason that it's so important that we learn about how Jesus moved into people's lives is because it, I'm telling you that the same mentality that we experience today is the same mentality that was going on in Jesus's day. There were thousands of people in Jerusalem. They had a God-shaped hole in their life, but it was infected. Why? Because the church and because people had established Religious, so many laws and so many things that that people had to measure up to uh, that they just they just couldn't. They didn't feel worthy. They didn't feel like they, they could be accepted because they couldn't measure up. And you see, that was the whole point. God thinks, well, then people say, well, then why did God do the Ten Commandments? Why did he do all those laws? That was the whole point. And that, that's a great conversation for us to have at some point. It, it's the whole point was that Is that god established and god said look this is the way things have to be for you to even have an opportunity to be quote unquote good enough and that was the whole point we can't be good enough why because we are inherently flawed we are flawed by sin the bible says we've all sinned and we fall way short you see god didn't give the law to, to condemn us he gave the law to let us realize how much we needed him he gave these things that are just standards about life the ten commandments don't kill you know i mean can we not all, all agree on that and then people say well what about war i understand I, I, that are answers i don't have there's there are evil people and things that happened and and they want to take life and, and they have to be stopped I, I don't understand that don't steal i mean take from others don't covet what other people have. I mean, you see, that? I could go through each of the Ten Commandments, honor your father and mother, these simple things in life that we would all think, look, that's right, that's true. So you see, it wasn't the fact that God was trying to raise some standard that we couldn't, that we just couldn't be, we couldn't do. It was the fact that he was exposing the idea of what we, we can't accomplish on our own. We need help. And and that's what the song says. I've got a God-shaped hole, but it's infected. Why? Because as as life has progressed, that that we haven't moved into the people's lives like Jesus did. That's it. We didn't love people like Jesus have called us to love. I'm reminded of the story where the young man comes up to Jesus, and, or the people come up to Jesus, and they say, Look, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus responded, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then he said something profound. The second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, this is something that me and Ali talked about yesterday at the football field. We talked about that passage. Love God most. That's what Jesus said. Love God most. That's what he said. I've come to do my father's business. I'm going to love God most. Second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, when we read that verse, you know the first thing we think about? The first thing we think about are those people in our neighborhood. We think about those people that are around us. Uh, you, why don't we first think about our wives, our husbands, our children, our parents, our uncles, our aunts? Those are closest to us. You see, that's where community begins. Then we move out. You see, the idea was this, is that God said, love, love love me first and jesus said then did love people uh, he says all the laws and all the pro everything that they've said are summed up in these two commandments period thou shalt not steal thou shalt not kill all the things all the laws all the things that are written he says are summed up in these two things if you just love god most and understand how much he loves you that solves everything then you love other people why because you've learned to love yourself the way that God loved you. Wow! Because you love God. Do you see how it works? That, my friends, is the power of fellowship and community. Fellowship and community with God. Fellowship and community with our spouses, with our children, with our family. And then fellowship and community outwardly with other people. That's the way God intended for it to be. And that's what the song is saying. And then, and then the, the guy says in the chorus, he says, I've tossed and I've turned in my bed. It's just like I lost my head. I'm struggling with this decision. I'm struggling with what I believe. And he says, "But if I believe, will that make it stop? If I told you I need you, is that what you want? Then listen to this line: I'm broken and bleeding, and begging for help. And I'm asking you, Jesus, show yourself. And he goes on down to the other verse, and and, and you can read it. And he says some some statements. You know, I thought I met you a couple of times, and and then he goes on and, and he shows this idea that I've had this revelation and I've had these moments where I've experienced something beyond me. And he says, I'll be your child if you insist, but I mean, you've made me certain ways and I'm struggling with what those things are. And he says, look, I, I, I'm an atheist. And, and what about this whole idea of, of, of lesbians and, and homosexuality and all this kind of things? And he goes on and says, "And if you, if you don't want to go to hell and miss, you better start selling this. And I, I struggled with that. And as I thought about it, You know, I believe what he's saying is, look, there's a people out here that that believe all kinds of different things. And there's people that struggle with all kinds of issues. Can I tell you that it is not my job or your job to change anybody? It's not. It's our job to, to love them. You see, here's the thing I've learned. Is that I can stand up in a pulpit. And I can share and I can speak. And there are things, listen, I believe. There are things that I believe that are wrong and that are probably not the best way to live. But I have to make that decision individually for myself. And then I have to share that with my family. We have to wrestle with those things individually. We have to wrestle with those hot topics that people stand up and that draw all the amens and all the responses. But what I'm learning, is, and and as I study Jesus, what I understand, is that Jesus just loved people. And he lived his life in obedience to God. And he did what God asked him to do. And he gave an example of what that looked like. People were changed, not because he said, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. People were changed because he loved them where they were. Th- the woman that, that was caught in adultery, that that Jesus, they, they brought her to, to Jesus. And, and they threw her at his feet, the Pharisees, the religious people of the day. They said, the law says we should stone her. What do you say we should do? The Bible says that Jesus stopped. He didn't say much. He rode in the sand, actually, knelt down. And he looks up at the people that brought the lady He says, i tell you what, how about this? Any of you guys that have brought her here to me and thrown her at my feet, I'll tell you what, if you don't have sin in your life, why don't you throw the first stone? Wow. The Bible says that they all looked at each other and they all had stones in their hands. And one by one they dropped their stones and they walked away. That story kills me. I think about those men and how often we've been those men. Pointing the finger at someone. and Condemning when we have plenty in our own life that we're struggling with. The Bible says that one by one they walked away. And then Jesus looked at this woman that was caught in the act of adultery. Now think about that. These guys had spied her out had waited until the just the appropriate moment while she's in the act of adultery. Burst into the home, I guess, and grab her. She's barely clothed. Throw her at Jesus' feet. Said, those, The law says we should stone her. I believe that's what this song's talking about. I've, I've got a God-shaped hoe, but it's infected. Why is it infected? It's infected because I, I'm just not sure I'm buying what you're selling. Because I see the the discrepancy in your lives. That's what happened in this moment with Jesus and this woman, and and Jesus looked at the woman and said, "Where are your accusers?" And she said, "They're gone." Hmm. Jesus looked at her and said, "You know what? I don't condemn you, but I would tell you this one thing: I go, sin no more." You see, her life was changed, not because someone told her what she was doing was wrong, but because someone loved her as she was and accepted her and forgave her. You see, the greatest motivator, what compels us, is the love of Christ. The love of God through Christ. That's what Paul said. Paul said, look, it's the love of Christ that compels me on. It's the love of Christ that moves me forward. Why? Because Paul had killed people. Because Paul was there when... People were stoned. Why were they stoned? Because they simply believed in Jesus. And he didn't. Literally destroyed families. You see, so when so when Paul met Jesus and his life was changed, he realized how much he had been forgiven of. And he recognized, look, it's not my place to condemn anybody. It's my place to love you. It's my place to share what Jesus has done in my life with you and with others. You see, that's the whole idea of this 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 song is that that he says look I want I'm broken and bleeding and I'm asking for help and I'm begging you Jesus show yourself you know what I believe what I wrote down here is that's us Jesus show me who how, how? through you and me if you're listening this morning and, and you've never believed in Jesus if you're listening and you've struggled with life if you're listening and you've battled through all kinds of difficulties in life. And, and maybe you've got obstacles and things you don't understand. Can I tell you that I I believe that God sent me here this morning to tell you look, he loves you. With all the struggles, all the issues, all the questions, all the battles, he loves you more than anybody. And he sent his son Jesus to make a way for us to be forgiven. So that we can have the same experience that that woman had when she was caught in adultery and thrown at the feet of Jesus. Story after story after story. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in Acts, we see story after story of people broken, bleeding, lost, hurting, struggling, forgiven. And you know what happened when they were forgiven and loved where they were? They were changed. And there are stories that that not only were they changed, but their whole family was changed. In fact, whole communities were changed. Why? Because they found out and they recognized that they were loved by jesus you see that my friends is the power of fellowship and community and that is what we believe is that we've been called we've been called for a purpose and that purpose is to share our faith and the hope that we have with others you know as as we kind of close this out and, and i've got a, a song that i want to sh- share with you at the end here and i'm going to change it since i've lost my notes and kind of shift. but i want to read the It's in luke chapter 19 and, and it's an incredible story. I want us to talk about it because it's a perfect example of how Jesus Christ impacted the people around him and his community. And I want to make this clear. I want to kind of sum up where we've come from. Is that the power of fellowship and community is loving God most, loving Him most, recognizing that there are answers to questions that we don't have. We we don't know why things happen. We don't understand why things take place the way that they do. There will be obstacles. Computers are going to fry, and we're going to lose our notes. Things aren't going to go the way that we that we thought they should go. But if it's somehow we can recognize that in the midst of the questions and the and the uncertainty and the battles that we face in life, is that even though I don't have all the answers, that I have a purpose, and that I'm loved by God in the midst of that purpose, and that He gave me that purpose, and then I share that with the people closest to me: my wife, your husband, your children, your parents. Those that are closest, love God most, love your neighbor as yourself. Who is your first neighbor? It's your wife. It's your husband. It's your children. It's your parents. Then you move into the community. Then you show that to other people. And those people that have got a God-shaped hole that's infected because they have battled through religious abuse and condemnation and all these things, and we recognize, I'm not going to change anybody, But, but God does. And so that takes us to Luke chapter 19. The Bible says this. Luke 19 verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho, was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was very wealthy. Now understand something. Tax collectors and Jesus they were hated. Why? Because they worked for the Roman government. And the Roman government said, look, this is the amount of money that we need from each individual. And so then what these guys would do was they would take the money that the Roman government needed and they would add to it whatever they wanted themselves. They had a percentage they could get for themselves. If people didn't pay this money, they had Roman guards that would make them pay this money. Didn't matter who they were, family, friends, didn't matter. Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. That means that he was over. He was a, a high ranking official. He was very wealthy. Why? Because he stole from his own people. He took from them and gave to himself. So, therefore, he was hated. He was hated. Why? Because he stole from them. The Bible says that he wanted to see Jesus. All right? He wanted to see who Jesus was. Interesting. In it. verse 3 says he wanted to see who Jesus was, but, but because he was so short, he could not see over the crowd. So the idea is that, that as Jesus is entering Jericho, there are people that are just, they're rushing the streets and they're trying to get to see Jesus. And, and as they come, they, Zacchaeus is small and, and nobody's going to let him through because they all hate him. So the Bible says this, he ran ahead in verse four and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. So the picture is this, Zacchaeus is trying to see Jesus, can't get through the crowd because he's hated by all these people. They're not going through, probably some people gave him a couple of elbows, you know what I'm saying? As he's trying to work his way through the crowd, he climbs up in a tree to see Jesus. That blows me away just to see who Jesus is. Can I tell you something? There are people around us every day that are looking to see who Jesus is. Who is this guy? I think that song we just played shows that. Who is it? I want to know who he is. And can I tell you how, the, how, we, how they know who he is? Through your life and through mine. So if it's legalism and, and works and rules and performance, then that's who they think Jesus is. If it's just passive, aggressive, oh, let everybody do whatever they want, well, then that's who they think Jesus is. There's a balance in here where we give the proper perspective of who God is. Who is God? Jesus said, love God most and love people that's who God is and that all the laws in the summed up in that so the Bible says that that Zacchaeus climbs a tree just to see who Jesus is verse 5 check this out I love this part when Jesus reached the spot the spot what spot the spot right directly underneath where Zacchaeus was the Bible says he looked up and said to him Zacchaeus come down immediately I must not I might not I'm thinking about I must stay at your house today now that blows me away can you imagine zacchaeus does he's never met jesus he just wanted to see who he was so he climbs a tree to see him jesus in the midst of all these people stop i mean hundreds of thousands of people lining the street kind of like a parade gathering all around jesus people everywhere jesus stops at the exact spot where zacchaeus was looks up In the tree all right it says Zacchaeus come down first of all can you imagine he probably almost fell out of the tree when he said his name he just wanted to see who he was but Jesus already knew who he was he already knew why because Jesus knew God and God gave Jesus a purpose and Jesus was listening to God's purpose for his life and he knew that on this day at this moment at this time that he was supposed to meet Zacchaeus can I tell you something yesterday I was meant to meet Ali Yesterday, I was meant to engage with these kids and these people. Today, I'm meant to sit here at my will and and spend time with you. Jesus knew that his purpose was lined out for him. Why? Because he knew God. And he loved people. The Bible says he came down immediately. Now watch this, verse 7. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. Gone to be the guest of a sinner. Can you imagine? And Zacchaeus, then, then there's this void between verse 7 and verse 8. And so basically what happens is this, is that all these people begin to mutter. And, and Jesus, with all, with all his disciples, and, and he begins to go to Zacchaeus' house. Everybody's talking about him. Do you, do you see that? The religious people didn't want Jesus to be hanging out with sinners. Why? Because they believed it was all about what you do. It was all how you look. It was all about who you hung out with. It was all about performance. Is see, Jesus didn't believe that. Jesus believed it was all about loving God most and loving people. And that this person had a purpose. Zacchaeus had a purpose. Can you imagine he goes to his house and he gets to Zacchaeus' house and I wonder what that was like. I bet I bet Jesus walked into his house and, and sat down and and he said, Wow, Zacchaeus, this is a nice couch, man. Wow, where'd you get this? Zacchaeus probably said, Well, I mean it was it was it was imported, it's, it's nice, it's leather. Yeah, wow. They started feeding all his disciples. And Jesus probably said, man, this is nice food, Zacchaeus. Can you imagine? You see, it was the fact that Jesus just went to his house. It was the fact that Jesus just loved him when everybody else hated him. Not one Jew would have ever thought, I'm going to go to Zacchaeus's house. No, why? Because he stole from them. He, he had made, become wealthy because he exploited them. That's the whole point. But Jesus, Jesus went to his house. And by loving Zacchaeus, here's what happens. In verse 8, the Bible says Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. Now check this out. I catch it. This is in verse 8. Between verses, he goes to his house. There's a, well, we don't know what happens at his house. We don't know what they talk about. All we know that at some point, Zacchaeus is so changed by the fact that Jesus Christ loved him where he was, that Jesus Christ accepted him where he was, that it was the love that changed Zacchaeus. It was the acceptance that changed Zacchaeus. You see, folks, listen, as you're listening to me today, maybe you're bitter. Maybe you think, you know what? I don't even believe in God. Uh, maybe you're even taking a risk. You can't even believe you're listening to this broadcast. Whatever the case is, can I tell you something? It was the love that Jesus showed Zacchaeus, the acceptance that changed him. And at some point, he's so overwhelmed with what Jesus does. He says, look, I give now half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay it back four times the amount. Now watch this. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man, check this, son of man came to seek and to save The lost. Verse 10. Oh, is that not beautiful? Is that not what we're talking about? That's it. For you today, as you're watching, if you are a believer, can I tell you, this is our commission. I just played a song that people are looking. The the line that I read to you from the song says that I'm, I'm asking you, Jesus, show yourself. He shows himself through us, through our lives. Through how we connect with people. All Jesus did was he was obedient to go to Zacchaeus' house, a house that nobody else would go to, a house that nobody else would have accepted. Nobody, nobody, and understandably so. He wasn't a good man. I mean, but I'm not either. I mean, he stole from people. He he taken. It. He was he had gotten where he was by cheating people. I mean, I'm no better, and you aren't either. That's what Jesus wanted people to see. And he went to Zacchaeus' house, and, and Zacchaeus was so overwhelmed by the love that Jesus gave to him that he says, look, I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor. I mean, that's changed. Now, this guy was wealthy. He was worth a lot of money. Think about it. Think about it, half of your own possessions. I'm going to give half of it away. And then he said something extraordinary. Look, Jesus, if I've cheated people, I'm going to pay them back four times what I took from them. Can you imagine can you imagine the next few days in jericho zacchaeus is knocking on people's door he knocks on their door hey and they come to the door and then they're they're terrified because in the past zacchaeus comes to their house to take their money he knocks on the door and and i like to imagine that he went to his family first because he i'm sure his family hated him because he took from them too and he says look i want to i want to pay you back i'm sorry i I took from you wrongly and I want to give you back four times what I took from you. Can you imagine? The word started getting around Jericho. Hey, if Zacchaeus knocks the door open, he's giving away money. And, and and that day and those days that followed, Zacchaeus, I mean, he still had to pay taxes, but he did it right. I like to think that Zacchaeus was changed because Jesus said salvation came to the house of this man. Why? Because he was the son of Abraham too. So are you. It doesn't matter what faith you are. It doesn't matter where you've come from we all we all extend from that same moment of creation where god we talked about the first week of this whole series where god created man in his image we all extend from that same experience when jesus said we're all sons of abraham uh, the ideas that we want to understand is that every race every denomination every every extension of people jesus said look you all come from the same person you're all same line." But the difference was this this man had been saved and then jesus makes an extraordinary statement verse 10 of luke chapter 19 you see the son of man came to seek and to save the lost that's our call if you're a believer if you're listening to this today that's our cause our purpose it's to love people not to condemn people there are things in life that we don't understand there are things that are condemnable we watch the news every day and we see horrible acts that take place. There are questions that we're going to have. What's legal, what's not? What's right, what's wrong? Why did this happen? Why did that happen? You See, folks, I don't have the answers to all those questions. It always, if I'm honest, it always kind of, I don't know, terrifies me a bit sometimes. Because I wish I did have the answers. You know why it terrifies me? Because I'm afraid that that's something that you've seen... Or something that someone else has seen it's going to cause you to believe that god's not good it's going to cause you to believe that god is not there folks listen there have been times over the past few days few weeks of my life where i've walked into the outside of my i've walked outside in my backyard and i've looked to the sky and said god where are you and somehow in the midst of the silence somehow in the midst of that moment i stop and i look around and i look and i see a star or i see my son or my daughter I see my wife and it's not the questions no longer where god are you he's there i see him i see him in my wife i see him in my children i see him in the creation around me i see him i know he's there instead i'm struggling i'm infected with sin i'm infected with confusion and in the midst of those moments when we're struggling when we're confused it's those moments that we have to stop and just have to make a decision. That's what Jesus came to do, was to help us with that decision. And how did he do that? He loved us so much that he gave his life. When we were still sinners, when we were still infected, when we're still struggling, he gave his life. Why? To show us what love is. Because the Bible says that there's no greater love than this, than a man would lay down his life for his friends. That's love. Sacrifice, And Jesus gave everything Why? So that you and I would believe That this is what he was about On this day Zacchaeus just came to see Jesus And Jesus stopped And did something that nobody else would have done He went to his house It's those uncomfortable moments When we're with people that maybe believe differently than we believe Maybe that are living a different lifestyle than we're living And that we love them I'm not saying that we have to accept everything they do. I'm not saying that we have to believe that what they do is right. Uh, There are things that people do that I don't believe is right. I would not do for myself. But can I tell you that there are things that I've done that are just as evil, are just as wrong. There is no degree of sin. Sin is sin. And today I want to close with a song by a guy named Aaron Gillespie. And as we listen to this song, I I pray that it will encourage you. Because here's the thing, and the truth is, is that You are all that he says that you are. Who does he say that you are? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Who does he say that you are? He says you are a a masterpiece created in the image of God. And he wants you to know that he loves you. And I want you to know that Jesus loves you. And I want us as believers, if you are a believer and you're listening, to take that message to the, the community. Take that message to people around us. It's not our place to change anybody. God will take care of that. It's our place to love them and be there and listen and share and that's what this song's all about listen to song he whispers in my ear tells me that i'm feeling The melody tells me to repeat it. Today. As we close today, the idea I want you to see is this exactly what Aaron Gillespie is saying in this song. Is that, look, you are all that he says that you are. And I want you to hear this one line as we close today. He's whispering in my ear and tells me that I'm fearless. He shares a melody and tells me to repeat it. And makes me whole and reminds my soul. I was blinded by scales upon my eyes. Then he came like a light and burned up all the lies. He set me free and he reminded me that I am all. That he says I am. Can I tell you something folks? That's what I want you to know today. You are all that he says that you are. Who are you? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a masterpiece created in the image of God. And that you can understand that today. No matter what obstacles you're facing. No matter what struggles you may be going through. That God is who he says he is. And that he says that you're all that he says that you are. And that is that you're loved and made in his image. And he wants to know you. He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to change your circumstances and change your life. And it's his love that'll do it. And the love that we show others that'll do it as well. Hey, we love you guys. Thank you for joining today. Man, join back in next week. Share this with someone else. And uh, we'll be back here next week, same time. And we'll be sharing a new message with you about the power of loving communities. as we close out this series. All right. Thanks for joining. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day.